Are you an author who's tired of the long waits and low royalties? Exact Rush is here to change the game. We specialize in publishing with precision, and we get your book to market in just three to six months, not years. But we're not just about books. We also support your photography, web design, and content creation needs. Our focus ranges from spirituality to pop culture, and we're excited about our diverse lineup of upcoming releases. So if you're ready to keep more of your hard-earned money and get published faster, Exact Rush is your ticket. Visit exactrush.com and turn your creative dream into a profitable reality today. Tap into your most original thinking, organize your ideas, and create the opportunities to launch your creative work. Unlocking your world of creativity with best-selling author and brand innovator, Mark Stinson. Welcome back, friends, to our podcast, Unlocking Your World of Creativity. And just in the last few episodes, we've been from Detroit to Oslo, LA to Zurich, Dallas to London, and we've talked to creatives ranging from poets and violinists to architects and a live event producer, even a furniture designer and an internationally known singer. Today, our travels take us to Austin, Texas, and we'll land in Austin and drive a little bit outside of Austin on Lake Travis, and we're talking about training and creativity to become more. And my guest is Diana Kokoska. Diana, welcome. Thank you so much. It's what a great opportunity to add value today. I know many things about you. You add value every time, so thanks for letting me join you. Thank you. And we're going to be talking about Diana's new book, Becoming More. Uh, Diana, thinking about the inspiration behind the book and what readers can expect when they pick up a copy. One of the things that I learned at a very young age is that we train our brain how to think for us. And by having the same thoughts over and over again, Mark, we are actually like cutting a rut in our brain to think a certain way. And automatically we think that way, much like walking across the grass. If I keep walking across the grass in the same place, pretty soon grass doesn't grow. I've got a rut. I'm instantly gonna take that way because it's shorter, it's faster, and I love it. Then if I take a different route and put grass seed down, it'll grow back. That's like our brain. When we have a thought, it travels along an axon, a neural pathway, if you will, and nerve cells that fire together, wire together. It's fast, it's short. We automatically think that way. To change our thinking, we must think a different way, cutting a new neural pathway in neuroscience, as tells us, nerve cells that no longer fire together, no longer wire together. So we're training our brain to a new way of thinking, a new way of doing things, a new way of being, a new habit, if you will. Yes. That's a great uh, metaphor, this idea of a pathway. And I think of your own path, quite remarkable going from a successful real estate agent to training other successful real estate agents in the Keller Williams Realty Group and their MAPS coaching program. Maybe you could walk us through the creative process that you went through to really build the curriculum of what it takes to be successful in your field. Thanks for that question, Mark. When I started real estate, I really couldn't afford to go to real estate. 
it was a PBS auction. I was watching one early morning because my child was sick and they auctioned off a real estate course. I instantly looked at my checkbook and oh my gosh, I could bid $50. And part of me said, don't do it. The other part said nothing ventured, nothing gained. So I called the auctioneer, helped me bid the $50. And at 6 a.m., I had won. I was going to real estate <laughs> school. It was so much fun. And I went. Now, the interesting part back in those days in Denver, Colorado, it was a man's world in real estate. And they were just starting to have women go into each and every office. I went to the best sales office in, the, in Denver, knowing they would love me because I was so good at sales. I put myself through college, right? Selling. They wouldn't even interview me. I was like devastated. They said, oh, we have Emma Curtis. And Emma Curtis became my hero of the day. Like, how did she get in? I went to Moore and Company. They had Marilyn Getch. 12 offices later, finally, Sam Bright said, okay, we've got one woman. We'll let you in though. I went home so excited. And the next morning, Mark, I woke up and I went, what in the world did I just do? Can't even afford a babysitter. So I had to become creative. I knew people would not come to me. So I put my kids in a little red wagon and started going door to door and knocking on doors, introducing myself. You can imagine what other realtors were saying about my professionalism, so to speak. <laughs> Yet it clicked. I would speak with the women and I would say, would you like to know about investing in real estate? Pretty soon I started having investment parties for uh, them and their husbands, and they would have their friends come over and around a table, we would just sit and discuss. And pretty soon those parties got larger. And I kept knocking doors year after year. I think it's the consistency. No matter what you do, I found that consistency worked. And that first year, while the average agent was selling five homes, great agents were selling 25. At the end of the year, I was stunned to find out I had sold 104 homes. Wonderful. I had made more money. I didn't even know what to do with it. I had never been in that position before. I'd been taught to give. I'd been taught to save and thank goodness. So going to the C-suite, how did I get there? It was a lot of hard work. It was simple. It wasn't just easy. Yet I found consistency and doing something different. In my book, it says becoming more. You can't get to better until you get to different. So I was always looking for different things. I found out who liked Santa Claus. I took Santa Claus with me door to door so people could have pictures in their own home with Santa Claus. And Santa Claus told the kids, now go to bed early. And they loved me for it. I just helped kids. And I always added value, not just about real estate. I added value in other ways and built relationships, which I think is important. Definitely. And you mentioned a couple of those early mentors and advisors, and then you yourself became advisors uh, on several presidential uh, committees and boards. What do you think the value of mentors, advisors, people that we can look up to, the early heroes in your career? No one succeeds alone. Every single person that has ever made it big in this country or in the world always had others that helped them. And I believe that mentors, because they've been there, done that, 
They've stumbled along the way. No one gets to success without failure. And to learn from other people's success is great. I think learning from their failures is even better because you know they failed and it makes you feel pretty good. In fact, I remember hearing from one lady on stage at a convention that I was attending and she said, every night her dad would say, what did you fail at today? And what did you learn about that? And I thought, what a great question to ask your kids and to train them that it's okay to fail. In fact, you're almost looking for things that you can fail at. Also, I've had John Maxwell, who's the leadership guru of the world, so to speak, and he's been my mentor for almost 29 years now. Growing up, we had people like Zig Ziglar, Jim Rohn, Cabot Roberts at our table in our home. And oh, the stories that they would share with me, the things that I didn't even pay attention to back then, yet they really embedded in my brain. Mark, one of the things that Zig Ziglar told me is be careful who you listen to. Mm -hmm. Jim Rohn taught me that you become like the five people you hang out with. So make certain that your friends are people that you desire to be like and put yourself in rooms where people are smarter than you, people are doing more than you and constantly be searching for that more in your life. Now, whether it's more money or just being better, doesn't matter. It is about becoming better than you were yesterday. So good. A lot of creative people, Diana, would look and hear your stories and say, yeah, but you were in such a position or you had the income or you had the success already. What about me? Maybe I'm not that creative or resourceful or so far in my career right now. Uh, what do you guide people in your coaching practice to think about uh, you may not be everything now, but as you said, you can become more. For that question, I had 357 one-on-one -on -one coaches that were under my leadership, great people, and they were helping almost 5,000 clients, had 80 group coaches that had over 10,000 clients and 57 coaches that went out training a bold program I wrote and they had over 200,000 people have been through that program. And the one thing I told them all is, if it were to be done, how could it be done? The if question. We think about writing things down. And I would say, take one through 20, number a piece of paper. And what if? And you say, I could do it by doing this by doing that. The first 10 generally come pretty easy. It's the next 10 where the real gold is. I didn't just come up with putting my kids in a red wagon. By the way, if you're out there and you're having anxiety or stress or whatever you're going through thinking that you can't make it, it doesn't matter where you've been. Today's a new day. For example, I didn't watch my money. I was making a lot of money. I was having fun, taking my kids on vacation. I loved cars, Mark. I had four cars. I was the only one in our household because I was a single parent. The only one that drove. We had a motor home. We, oh my goodness. <laughs> I didn't watch my money. A lady came in. I had a property management division, 72 houses. It paid my bills and all the other money I made was just extra. So much fun. She helped herself to that money. I didn't watch. My fault. 
I woke up one morning with my car repossessed, 72 house payments three times over. People are wondering, how can that be? I don't want to get into the details. The situation was, though, I became a great negotiator with those mortgage companies and banks. I paid everybody back. I sold my offices because I had four real estate offices at the time with about 100 agents in each one. I was doing well. I got pennies on the dollar because everybody knew I was hurting. I lost every home, investment home, sold them, sold my cars, kept my own house and started over. And I had to be very creative in my own mind because, man, that storyteller in my mind would not shut up. It would tell me how stupid I was. How did you let this happen? Look what you've done to your kids. Talk about depression almost mm -hmm. setting in, yet mm -hmm. having two kids, I had to feed them, right? So I learned to quiet that storyteller in my mind. I learned to be creative by thinking of different things instantly. I had a rubber band around my wrist and every time that negativity would start, I would snap the rubber band. I got a welt so bad around <laughs> my wrist, it was awful. That's a lot of reminders. So I, don't, yeah, I don't recommend that. Yet I want the people to hear really that today's a new day. And if you were to do it, how would you do it? And start writing the creative things down. What if we're going to be terrible? Who cares? It'll get those creative juices started. Thanks for being so forthcoming and uh, revealing about those experiences. I know from my own uh, story, you know, of those very low moments where you wake up one day and it's not what you thought it was or, you know, the leases do and you don't have it when the business is not there and you want to fake it till you make it, so to speak. But there's no faking if there's nothing in that bank account that morning, is there? But uh, I think uh, a know, lot of people, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, we got to face it till we make it. I learned that from Dr. Henry Cloud. He said, don't fake it till you make it, face it till you make it. Very strong, very strong. Because I think a lot of people would say becoming more assumes that you're already having some degree of success and now you just want to blossom and be all you can be, so to speak. But it's also when we're facing the tough times that we have to think about this, isn't it? It is. And we're going to have tough times. A lot of people think because people are successful or they have money, they've had it very easy. In the book, I talk about two kids as they grow up and one becomes very successful and the other one is homeless. They both grew up with alcoholic parents. When they asked the successful person, what is it that made you so successful? He said, I grew up with alcoholic parents. I didn't want to be like them. They asked the homeless man, how did you grow up? Why are you homeless now? And he said, I grew up with alcoholic parents. You don't know my past. They both had the same past. It was the decisions they made. And so it's not the circumstances we're in that makes our life journey. It's the decisions we make around the circumstances we're in that causes our life journey. Yes. And as you continue to expand your coaching practice, what's ahead for you this year? Event-wise or developing new programs? What do you have planned? 
That's what I'm most excited about. I have a program in Nashville. John Maxwell and I are getting together with eight other speakers and Amanda Holmes from Ultimate Sales Machine on doubling your sales. <laughs> She's helped over 250,000 Amanda companies. is wonderful, the yes. Oh, I'm so glad. And you can promote her. She's fabulous. Here's the greatest part about this whole event. The people that come, they're going to get experiences. I have three surprise experiences for these folks, plus all of the speakers and all the profits are going to help kids to buy books to teach values and leadership in our schools, in our public schools. One school in South Carolina has done this for one year. Bullying went down 27%. There goes anxiety from our children. There mm -hmm. goes the stress because bullying is causing a lot of problems. So that's what I'm excited about. You should be there, Mark. That sounds like a lot of fun. Now, where can we uh, learn more about it? They can go to more, M-O-R-E, training.com. Wonderful. I'm glad you brought up the book program. I, I watched one of your videos about this program and was so fascinated. Reading is a part of so many people's lives and mine as well. You're just soaking up uh, knowledge and experience from others. But even at this young age, what do you think it is about books, owning the book, holding the book, reading the book that does help kids so much? I think number one, what I've seen around the world is many times it's the first book they've actually held. In our schools, the kids love having the book because they actually lead the classes. The, the teachers sit back and the kids do all the work, all the teaching, all the responding. And a lot of times it's the first time that these kids have truly been heard. It's the first time they've been able to speak out and Everybody talks. A lot of kids are very shy. They sit back. They don't want to participate. Yet with the help of the other kids, it's amazing to watch them blossom. And I just believe we've got to take a stand for people's greatness in this world because so many other people, including themselves, are taking a stand for their limitations. And those limiting beliefs we can get those kids out of those limiting beliefs. Where would our world be? Where would they be? But let's put them on the right path to success. Yes, uh, that is a good path. Because uh, if we can get over some of those humps at those early ages, whether it's bullying or any other kind of emotional stress, it's uh, be great for the kids and obviously then for our world. Exactly. And the Becoming More book is more than a book. It's literally a formula, almost like a manual to help retrain your brain, giving you models and systems to use. And here's what's interesting, Mark. We have an assessment. It's a mindset assessment because mindset's in your subconscious mind. Attitude is in your conscious mind. We set goals with our conscious mind, yet it's our subconscious mind that helps us obtain those goals based upon the way we think about ourselves, our surroundings, the environment that we're in, as well as what we're doing and how, we're, how good we are at it. When we're doing that, we don't know where we're at because it's subconscious. So the mindset assessment helps us. And we're finding, especially in sales, because that's where I came from, 
The salespeople are hitting right now at 72% in a scarcity mindset, mm -hmm. 60% in doubt. Scarcity, doubt, winning combination for anxiety and stress. And I think that's why the Institute of Stress is saying that 96% of all the American workers right now are feeling stress in their relationships, stress in their finance, stress in their marriage, which is causing many divorces. The book will help us. The assessment will tell us where we're at. And then we give little things that you can do every day to help train your subconscious mind into an abundant mindset, to train your brain from the emotions that you're feeling into new emotions, because you already know without me telling you, you can't have an emotion until you have put a meaning around something that's happening. You can't feel anger anymore if you give up what you're angry at, quit focusing on it, what it could be something or someone, right? You surrender to that, anger goes away. So it teaches us how to train our brain to a new way of thinking, a new way of feeling, a new mindset that will serve us going into personal growth, the four energies of success, leaving a legacy that we desire. I love that. And the scarcity mindset, oh, so prevalent, isn't it? In so many fields that as yeah. if there's a finite, there's only so many sales, there's only so many homes, there's only so many XYZ product, whatever market you tend to be in, you think that there's not enough to go around. And I, I like the opposite of that, that you're describing this abundance mindset. And you, you have a very giving and a very gratitude mindset, even just like the, with the books we were talking about. But even in your own book, listeners, going to give you a little secret here. If you go on Diana's website for the book, becomingmorebook.com, she's even giving away a complimentary download of a whole chapter of the book. There's a gift from Diana, right, for you listeners that are on with us right now. Yeah, I love that chapter. It's my favorite one. It's on energy and talks about the four energies of success. When you train your brain to having that type of energy, oh, confidence shows up. The fact that you can walk in anywhere and just know that you belong there and your greatness will show. Terrific. Diana, was a wonderful conversation. I've gotten so much out of it. Can't wait to dive more into the book. And I'd love to look into this uh, program coming up in Nashville in March. Oh, I so appreciate this great opportunity, Mark. And just in reading about you and listening to some of the former podcasts, over 300 of them, I didn't <laughs> listen to all of them. I just trust that the listeners just uh, love listening to you. You've helped the world in so many ways. Thank you for all you do. You're very gracious. Thank you, Diana Kokoska for being my guest on Unlocking Your World of Creativity. And Diana, you've shared such an incredible journey, all the insights into your own creative process. We've even looked ahead to your journey. I'd love to hear the projects that you're passionate about. So I want to wish you all the best. Thank you so much. Thanks and again. It's been my pleasure. And listeners, come back. We're going to continue our around-the-world journeys. We've stamped our creative passport in Austin today. We'll continue our around-the-world journeys talking to creative practitioners about their own journeys in becoming more. And we'll continue this in-depth exploration on transformative experiences and creative insights. Until then, we'll be unlocking your world of creativity.
Unlocking Your World of Creativity with best-selling author and brand innovator, Mark Stinson. This program was produced by BSB Media, creators of IntelliKey Leadership Stories, Unlocking Your World of Creativity, and thepeaceroom.love. Hi there, fellow content creators. It's Mark Stenson, the host of Unlocking Your World of Creativity. I'll be a judge for the upcoming Live Podcast Awards. The Live Podcast Awards is your chance to be recognized globally for your high caliber content. Now, if you've entered the Live Podcast Awards, I and my panel of judges will be reviewing your podcast or live stream and your achievements in many diverse categories. Now, we've got a great judging committee. There's a really robust point scoring system. There'll be networking opportunities, all sorts of ways to join this celebration among podcasters and live streamers. So the awards description, all online at livepodcastmedia.com slash livepodcast-awards. I look forward to seeing your entries.